The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. Wilbur Curtis gives you some of the best batch brewers around. They're so consistent. They're insane. You can program them. Your coffee's going to taste better than it ever has. And if you don't want to deal with that, guess what? It comes pre-programmed, so don't even worry about it. Also, this family-owned company has gone full solar, full green, full awesome. You know what that means? That means the sun comes down. They get the power. The power powers the plant where they create the brewers, and those brewers come out to us ready to go. Have you ever heard of a seraphim? Not just an angel, folks. No, folks. That is a tasty, tasty brewer for by-the-cup coffee. Even the coffee nerds can get a nice little shower head, program that thing. You heard of the clover? This is the new new. Seraphim, angel, ring down, happy coffee. Everything is coming together for you. If you hit up Wilbur Curtis and my friend Brent Curtis, who I've seen, who has kids, have seen. Of course, I've seen him. He's a great guy. He helps us out all the time takes his kids to Disneyland we have the best time as well this family-owned company treats people right they do a great job they're becoming the premier place to get your coffee equipment for batch brewing do it to it and if you need a water boiler guess what they have that too okay bye-bye We did a deo. They heard us out they there. They us. We're in the cafe they right now. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Jake T. <laughs> we bringing it in. Daylight, come in. We won't go home. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. That one came for free. So shout out to our sponsor for that one, <laughs> Wilbur Curtis. Brant, that one's for you, dude. Brant, that one's for you. Hey, shout out to those customized brewer. Pots. If you want a brewer yeah, wrapped Bre- in a sick color slash powder coated, dream on because they only did that for us. <laughs> I think <laughs> they can special. do the brewers. They can do the brewers. Oh, they can do the brewers? That's just not I the thought, pots. Maybe not the pots is what I heard. Well, dude, I'm just the coffee pot, dude. You're the beans. I don't know. You know what that means, guys? That means he's got the talent and I just receive. Maybe I'm full of shit. I don't know, dude. We talk about stuff. Could be. I That's mean, what I'm our not whole podcast is. I know anything about anything. That's the thing about podcasts is you don't actually have to be anybody. Nah, dude. We're we nobody. might not even have a coffee shop. Yeah, dude. If you don't know us, maybe you don't even know us. Maybe we're just putting <laughs> pictures of some other guys in, Tad and Toby. Yeah, what? <laughs> That's Tad and Toby. They own Cat and Cloud. What if we were really just like a couple of penguins in the North Pole? <laughs> That'd be an outlandish one. <laughs> just an all-white penguin, no Hope black Hope you arm. find your dad. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. Hope you find your dad. Thank you, Mr. Narwhal. Dude, we have some really outdated uh, jokes with that one. That because we deep. don't watch new movies. Yeah, dude. It's what was the February last movie right you now. watched? I fell asleep during the new Huntsman movie on HBO. Now I don't even know what that is. It's the second one of the other Huntsman one. <laughs> What's the Huntsman? <laughs> it's like this whack, whack series of movies where they're like trying to. It's like not Disney trying to do Disney or like old shows. So it's like Snow White and the Huntsman oh, fighting the off Huntsman. the evil queen. Yeah. yeah. And there's a second one now, and it's like wannabe Frozen throw off. So, like, the Ice Queen is there, and she's got like her ice castle. Are these licensed by Disney, or is no, it no, just no, people like who are like, I'm going to take like this total ripoffs? And, oh. They're like trying to come, like, blend in like the Hobbit vi- vibes with like this Disney stories. And it's just, anyway, I made it through two thirds of it and fell asleep. Huh. I watched Zoolander too, remember? 
<laughs> yeah, parts of it. <laughs> Zoolander 2. The last current movie like I've them, seen, dip. I don't know. The last movie I saw in the theater was Suicide Squad. Um, what did I see in the theater last? I think maybe The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. That was a good movie, though. That one's on Netflix. There hasn't been anything that's really caught my eye or I'm like, oh, wait, oh I saw yeah. Star Wars. That's The Star Wars is Rogue sick. One. Yeah, I saw Rogue One. That was the most recent movie I've that, seen. That makes sense. It is good. I don't know what else is coming out. There's good movies out there. There's a lot of good movies out there. It's summertime. They're all getting hot. I mean, they're ramping for summer, I should say. All the hot movies are coming out. I feel like our references are obscure enough already, and then all my other references have to do with some kind of skateboarding thing, and that's like Jeez. people are going to get it even less. And they're like, I don't even know what he said, and I already didn't know what he was talking about, so I feel even less connected than I did before. Dude, I feel so so off the base that like <laughs> on Friday before the Super Bowl, I didn't know the Super Bowl was coming up. And then for the first <laughs> time in my entire too. life, in my entire life, I had no idea who was in the Super Bowl. I had no fucking clue who was in the Super Bowl. It's so weird to own a company because I don't know anything. I worked that day on bar and people were like, you ready for the big game? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we're so out of it. And they're man. like, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that's crazy. I had no idea. I also, like sports, and I don't know I anything. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a hater, dude. I'll watch the Super Bowl. I'm down. It's fun to... I love Super Bowl. I don't even really like football, but watching football is awesome. Dude. I don't know anything about it, but you get together with your homies and get some chops. Yeah, dude. Eat some, some nice tapine. Mashed up aguacate. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Do Chili it. tapine, Maybe dude. cook a couple burgers. But yeah, I, I was tripping. I was like, oh, yeah, game day. Dude. It well. was uh, Patriots and someone else, I found Yeah, out. Pats won. Mega comeback. Oh, they won. Yeah, Tom Brady, most wins in Super Bowl wins in NFL history. Good and, for you, Tom. And, uh, you know, and he's the GOAT, as they say. Greatest what does of that all mean? time. Greatest of all time, I Greatest believe. Greatest of all time. Here's okay. the funny part. Cool. I made that up. I think I'm right, though. You might be right. G.O.A.T, the GOAT. Because that's what they call Kelly Slater. G he's the GOAT of surfing. Yeah. And I think it's greatest of all time. Okay. Yeah, that's what they call Guy Mariano in the skateboarding world. He's yeah. the GOAT. It all makes sense. Old and in it. It's all makes sense. Old winners. Yeah, it's so easy to like lose sight of these things, which are really unimportant, but you feel so removed from like the it's, culture of the world. Yeah, I was gonna say it's social circles. Yeah. It's we're a social amazing. we're a social animal, you guys. We are a social animal. It's hard to be outside that social circle, you guys. It is pretty funny. We got a coffee shop now though, so that's like, our social circle. I'm all dude, I can tell you. How many pounds we sold this week? <laughs> I can t I can tell you what our margins are. <laughs> What's I, I could yeah, yeah, you know, totally. We could pull up a spreadsheet and I could tell you exactly what we have in inventory right now. Man, we got some stuff. Those things we could have great conversations with at the bar. You know, like <laughs> people are we super go up interested. To Oswald, they're like, "Hey, man, did you see the new movie?" I'm like, "I have." 85 clean canteens in stock. How many do you have in stock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New stuff. New bath mats are in. All, uh, <laughs> Whoa. I ordered some shock mats on Uline the other day. I'm really excited about when they come in. I feel so bad for the person outside 20 minutes ago. Um, Ooh. Someone backed out of the last parking spot in our parking lot and slammed their truck right into our dumpster. Definite dent in the back of their truck. Huge dent in the Tacoma. Yeah. I, Felt so gnarly. I was like, oh, no. They came to Cat and Cloud, and they got a dent to Tacoma. <laughs> that means take home. Which reminded me of when you did the same thing. Oh, which, this is amazing. We were at uh, 
Barefoot. Barefoot coffee in their roastery. Their roastery, which I guess is in Santa Clara or San Jose or Santa something. Yeah. And they let us use, because they were one of the first people to have the um, Aurelia Aurelia when it was the comp machine. They let Jared and I come over and use their machine, and we had the Verve van. And we pulled (laughs) in, and they have this tiny little fence with this weird thing that jutted off the back that you couldn't see through any of the mirrors, which we paid no attention to. It was like waist high. And just like, yeah, it was the size of like a small child. So if there was a child there, we would have ran that thing over too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got in the van, threw it in reverse and Jared like stepped on the gas and we're like, yeah, we're going home. And then boom. Oh, so intense. <laughs> like out of nowhere. It was like a weird, like metal crunching <laughs> sound. Such a jolt. And I was like, oh shit. And Did I like, remember I gate? looked out the back window and in the rearview mirrors and I was like, you know, there's nothing there's there. Nothing there. <laughs> I'm all, there's something there. Cause we just hit something that feels like really oh, solid man. it was like a bumper luckily bumper. no damage to the um human beings inside the car <laughs> no damage to <laughs> us no damage to the barefoot structure the only damage was to the verve van the astro van yeah yeah took a took a hot one in the door yeah i gotta tell you they were not happy about that <laughs> <laughs> do you remember <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny dude <laughs> they're super bummed about the door <laughs> like <laughs> they were really pissed. <laughs> I was like, "So the door? <laughs> it's like a 1984 van or whatever it is." This Astro means the world to me. <laughs> like, didn't start half the time. Like, what kind of judgment is go- is going through your mind that you're like, "Yeah, this is like the worst." Anyway, uh, totally. yeah, I get it. You know, like your nobody wants to pay for like that. We probably just didn't have insurance on it. <laughs> fully riding dirty, dude. We're just like crushing it so illegally. That's it's a classic a, small business maneuver. That's that was a pretty cool. A lot um, of people do that. I kind of miss that van. Remember how it wouldn't start for the random amounts of time because it would assume people like somebody was trying to break in. So like for like thirty minutes, you just have to sit there and just like try the key every so often, and then finally it would just restart. You just wait. Yeah, yeah and it, was, it would start every time. Great infusions. <laughs> like we went to go buy some demi cups, and then we're just sitting in the parking lot. Like that's cool. Like I don't want to go back don't in. Don't want to go back to Sebastian right now. <laughs> I feel like an idiot. <laughs> just gonna stay yeah, here. Yeah, just a van won't start. Yep. Just gonna listen to the radio. How about that Malabar Gold, huh? Mmm, dude. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was slanging that Joe Suma. He since was, day dude. One, Straight dude. from the monsoon. Taste the coffee, <laughs> Doctor Joseph John Joe Suma coffee. That guy pulled me a <laughs> shot at a coffee fest trade show. It was fantastic. In a tiny demitas cup that was looked like a pint glass. It had the little beer handle. Josum on one side, Malabar Gold on the other, and he just like shredded it. It was like the first time I'd seen bottomless portafilter. And oh, that's fun! So much like fluffy crema, and he hands it to me, and he like watches while I drink it, and he's all taste the coffee, and I was like, yeah, dude, respect. <laughs> 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 I do, I do taste You're the coffee. You're blowing my mind. I it's about know. to shoot right out my butt right now. It's <laughs> robusta, and it's turning me up. <laughs> So that was some cool old school stuff, which leads into an old school question that we got from a man named Jason. Oh, I know Jason. Well, I don't really know Jason, but through the internets. Man, the net is a cool place to be. The net, dude. Get the net, dude. Catches all. What's not on the net? Great question. My dad just got the internet, so shout out, dad. (laughs) Wild ride. Hope this isn't a ridiculously silly question, but I would love to hear your guys' stance on this topic. When a customer comes in asking for a dry cappuccino or a large cappuccino, what is your method to explaining to customers how we do cappuccinos in the specialty coffee industry? I feel that oftentimes there's a misconception about cappuccinos and what they entail. 
Anyways, love the podcast and what you guys do in the industry. Keep up the good work. I agree there's a misconception because I don't think I know anybody who makes a cappuccino the same way. Except for anybody. I mean, in competition, when we used to serve cappuccinos, the standard was like so little foam. You'd be surprised if you're the kind of person who's like the third, a third, a third cappuccino old school. That's not even like you're probably actually not scoring that well in competition if you do a third, a third, a third. So it's that's an interesting statement that you have because you have a belief. Well, there's also like I think he's talking about like the Starbucks like 16 ounce cappuccino. Well, that's one thing. Dry. That's one. That's thing. one yeah. thing for sure. The dry You're cappuccino is just like add more foam. Cappuccino is not like there's no definition, there's no even though there quote unquote is a definition. Yeah, I think that's almost kind of like the beauty of cappuccino. It's totally. You've got this like stylistic spin that you can put on your cappuccino that makes it like Jerry just pulled his phone I out of I just hear something right things. now. Do you hear it too? I mean, I hear music in the front. Oh, is our is our garage door open just a little bit over to our to over there? Like nope. just a crack? Uh-uh. It sounds like somebody's like talking on speakerphone right now. Someone oh, is. Tanner's watching a video. Now I feel better now. Okay, There's an employee weird. in our back room watching a video with sound, and it just like was tripping with me out. Sound. I thought my phone was playing. Like somebody was on my phone talking to me. Why are you on my phone? Sorry, I keep going, Chris. Just that's life, you guys, in here. Yeah, there's different people who have different styles of cappuccino. I mean, but so how do we address I it? I mean, he's like, he's he's thinking like someone comes in wants dry cappuccino. Yeah. What happens? Like, yeah, yeah, we we try it. We add more foam to our drink. No big deal. Um, which if, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you put more foam in it, and then you got to pay attention, though. So a lot of people will say, like, dry cappuccino, and then the barista starts to make it with more foam, but then they tune out when it's like you can radically increase the volume of foam slash textured milk in a beverage while still maintaining, like, a really, really sheen texture. Yep, you don't need that fuzzy stuff to have a lot of foam. And you, depending on how you pour it, too, so if I... If I make a cappuccino with a bunch of foam, I'll actually use the same amount of milk, but I'll steam it in the larger pitcher. Yep. Because it allows it to creep up a little bit more. I just have more room. There's a little hack for you guys. I'll pull more foam, but I'll pay like really, really close attention to the vortex because you want it to be like super, super tight. Don't ignore it just because it's a dry cappuccino. You want it to be whipped pretty hard, really creamy. And you're going to reach that threshold, which is borderline impossible to describe via podcast of where like the addition of any excess foam would just make it like really fluff crunchy and airy. fluffy yeah so you basically stretch to the max while retaining its structural integrity and then when you you spin the crap out of it before you pour it and then when you pour it you want to pour it really really fast yes super fast that's going to offload all of the foam before it offloads the liquid so if you pour it too slowly the liquid portion is going to still come out first, and then there's going to be clumpy foam on top of It'll that. It'll meringue up on you. Yeah. If you spin it and then hit it super hard, yep. don't worry about contrast because you're going to get more color infusion than you are contrast. Right. But you can still pour a pattern. For sure. At least a heart. This would be a good video to make. Yep. Um, and hit it really hard and fast, and you will end up with something that has microfoam that is really fluffy and super lightweight. Yep. And that's, and that's how what they're looking we for. do it. But you know what else has kind of been a challenge of mine? Ooh, is that sometimes when people ask for dry cappuccinos, what they're really asking for is a short cappuccino. And that is f- weird to me. Huh. And I don't know where that comes from. So if anybody has any insight there, like write in and let us know where that comes from. Because I've had it twice in the last month or so. 
somebody asked for a dry cappuccino and I'd be pulling it, pouring it and they'd be like, stop, 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 stop right there. And I'd be like, it'd be like halfway up the cup. And they're like, I said dry. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. I thought you just meant extra foam. They're like, I did. And then, they, but they still want it short and dry. And so maybe what I'm missing is maybe they only want foam and not any milk at all. Yeah. And that's a, that's a whole so. other version of, fr- of dry, which by the way, we also will do. If somebody asks us and we find out that this is the style that they're asking for, we will fully scoop that foam right on top of their drink with no milk in it. It's totally fine by me. I mean, and then the same rules apply. Like the cup is small enough to where you can fill it up with like all foam. dry microfoam. You know what I mean? Yep. It doesn't need to be crunchy foam. Yeah. It can be like nice, like good quality texture. You just leave the milk out of it and yeah. scoop it off the top. Same thing with macchiato. I think we get that request like a decent amount you know yeah, what i mean every so often more so than with cappuccino probably yeah and yeah totally i get the allure i actually make cappuccinos and macchiatos myself like the way i described first mm-hmm. like with pulling like a little bit of extra foam and making it really creamy because yeah. i usually get l- really liquidy cappuccinos everywhere i go and i right. don't particularly like it too Super much thin. it's just too thin for uh-huh. me it's personal preference so on that personal preference tip if you can you know, meet the customer's needs, like totally do it. Yeah. Um, for people who order large cappuccinos. So for us, the only thing is this a sizing thing. So all we do is we say to the guests coming in, we can totally make you that. We're going to ring it up as a latte, but we're going to make it cappuccino style for you because it comes in the latte size cup and we're going to attach your name to it. So just so you know, we'll make it the way you want, but we're going to call out your name and that's what you're getting. And they're they've been totally fine with that. So that's been our way of com- not combating, but just communicating that that need for people when they say large cappuccino. Totally. Just getting, yeah. Understanding people where where people's where people's heads at. Where's your head at? Where's yeah. your head at? Meet their needs, meet their needs. But on the flip side, what Chris said, making making really good microfoam has actually been like an awesome surprise for people who come in and expect it to be really hag fluffy like meringue holes in it foam and then you'll pour them a drink that's actually you know two-thirds foam or something ridiculous like that yeah, and they'll be like it. actually i asked for dry and i'll be like oh yeah check it out you can actually make really good foam still it doesn't have to look different to be dry and they'll grab it and they'll be like whoa this is one of the best ones i've ever had or yeah it's not funny best. to watch them when they pick it up and it's like light you like, know? Oh, yeah. They like, don't trust like you. It looks first. heavy. They're like, mm-hmm. nah. They're like, don't lie to me, boy. Like, oh, snap. It's all hair. Crazy. Don't I lie like to me, boy. Stuff like that. There's a really nice 911 Turbo outside. Yeah, it dude, that looks ridiculous. It's real clean. Man. So he just rolled up and got himself some of the, the answer. I watched him buy it. Yeah? Yeah, he's still in there. He's thinking he's getting a cap, too. He's got money to blow. That's for sure. Oh, little Wayne. I got money to blow. Uh, 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 uh. There he goes. There he goes. I know this guy, dude. You know I this guy? Yeah, we. I think I used to serve him coffee back Is it the guy day. with dreads? I don't know. He's taking a picture of our sign, though. Love to love dude, to love you. If you're listening to the podcast and you just came in and you're taking a picture of our sign, I hope you enjoyed the coffee. Thanks for buying a cappuccino and supporting Cat and Cloud Coffee. And your car is amazing. Kind of looks like tall Kyle Glanville, doesn't he? It <laughs> <laughs> didn't he that's g and b right there it is dude, that's the g that's the g and the b kyle you're doing would, a great job he has that. the exact same outfit that kyle would wear out a little bit like a though right shop. yeah porsche the same build his nose is exactly the same i know dude and his hair yeah so anyways kyle thanks for coming in and getting taller kyle, and being in disguise you're looking great kyle might be as tall as that guy kyle's a pretty tall guy he's a tall, tall guy. guy is love you kyle <laughs> Adam 
sends a shout out, loves everything, and he is reaching out because he's a sophomore in college who has become rather obsessed with coffee over the past few years. And I currently have an opportunity to leave school and start the roasting operation for a high volume cafe. I'm not sure if this would be the best decision in the long run, but I'm seriously considering it because my boss would be paying for all of my training and would be renting time for me at Pulley Collective. If I decide to do this later on, I would have to fund everything myself. Getting paid to learn these skills is an incredible offer. I have a pretty obsessive personality and very detail-oriented. I think I would do well in roasting, and I've been doing pretty extensive research slash reading. The more I read and talk to roasters, the more I find myself fascinated by the roasting process. At this point in my life, I feel like I will inevitably end up in a job in coffee, inevitably end up with a job in the coffee industry. If that is the case, is it logical to put off college to pursue roasting? Would having a college degree provide any sort of advantages in the industry? I feel like if I follow this path, I would end up opening my own cafe roastery. Would this experience and, of course, getting insight from the shop owners, managers be enough to help me with that? Thank you so much for your time. Look forward to hearing from you. It's a Adam. good question. Man, okay. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question, and I'm, I'm totally biased in this answer, so I'm just going to have to say right now, I don't think you need – I think college in our current culture – is just like maybe one of the biggest wastes of time and money ever if you know what you're going to do and it doesn't have anything to do with a degree. I don't think right. a college degree slash college education will have any impact on you getting hired at a coffee company or building a career, building your own career in coffee. I went to college and literally dropped out with the only thing needed left to complete was my senior thesis. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. So I definitely have a biased opinion in this. I wish I would have left school many years earlier. I wish I never would have went to school, to be honest with you. I did get some skills from it. I can write copy pretty well and do editing and organize things. But the amount of time I spent in school compared to what I use from it is just out of balance mm. in my own mind. Right. Um, you can always go back to school, dude. You can always go back to school. So, I mean, if you got a free opportunity to learn something, it's not like, you know, going to coffee college, if you will, and being paid for, you're getting essentially like a scholarship and kind of getting paid to go learn. So you can always go back to school after that if it doesn't pan out. I feel like having a skill is way more valuable than having like a thing that says you took a list of classes. Like Agreed. Having... Real skill is going to be more valuable than having a degree, especially if you're going to school for whatever. I mean, if you don't want to work in coffee, maybe you should go to school. But if you like, if you know you want to work in coffee, you should go take the roasting apprentice thing. It's going to be paid for. Get those skills. And if you decide that it's not for you, no harm, no foul. You spend right. some time learning something that you can always fall back on later. Yeah, you definitely, though, if you think that you're going to do, if you're going to drop out of school and learn to roast that's one thing but if you're just automatically going straight to like i'm a business owner which i know you're not exactly doing that you just got to know that what be able to naturally assess yourself and or collect yourself a couple people along the way who can like balance you out in that like not everybody's amazing at math and there's a lot of math involved and there's there's a lot of logistics and there's a lot of reading and contracts and whatever the case may be HR, like there's a lot of stuff that goes along with opening a business if you want to do a good job. So some of that, if you're going to school for business, you can learn and it will be really helpful. 
But just just like put that in the back of your mind. Like you can become a really successful employee somewhere, but opening a business is going to take some more like personal growth and knowledge. And that doesn't have to happen in school. But I would suggest that you seek education in it some way, shape or form, whether it's podcasts or um, one of those websites where you can pay a subscription to learn how to do anything. Apparently, they're actually really epic and you don't have to go to school and they actually work. I was just somebody was telling me about one. It's like lucky seven or something ridiculous like that. And you pay like 15 bucks a month and there's literal classes and tutorials and 15 minute segments on you name it. It's on there. And apparently people learn like really in-depth things from these websites these days. And I think that's a really genius thing. Yeah. I mean, there's information out there. Yeah. So you just have to be self-driven, I guess is what I'm getting at. You just got to know to seek it out. Yeah. So maybe if your boss is willing to pay for you to go through this thing, say, yeah. And then also as aside from that, like, Schedule some time like, hey, I want to spend four hours a week for the next two months learning about the back end aspects of this business you run. Right. High volume cafe retailer, roaster retailer thing. Yeah. And then you have roastery knowledge, you have a little business knowledge and then coupled with whatever you're going to pick up on your own. Seeking out knowledge for yourself and then go from there. I don't know. The other thing just to consider is I don't know what your school situation is. But I don't think people lie a lot of the times if they're like somewhere at an epic school and they say they're some of the best times in their lives. So I don't know what your like life is like at school. But if you've got like a bunch of really great friends and you're about to like leave a place that you're enjoying life at. Like there's other things that sometimes come out of sticking something out where it comes down to like maybe you're going to find somebody else who's epically interested in opening a business with you. And you can like you can like do some long haul stuff. So, I mean, I'm just I'm just like an advocate of pay attention to also like the life uh, quality of life around you and like weigh it with like the weight of the decision you're going to make. And if the decision you're going to make is epic, freaking do it. But if you're like about to leave one of like the most fun experiences behind, you're going to look back on it and be like, damn, I wish I would have stayed just because I had like so many cool things coming up that I could have done. Like don't pass up on those things. So. I left school also, just so you all know, and <laughs> it was hard and then it was better. It was but hard it, and then it was better. Yeah, because I left a lot of my friends and I came to a place where I didn't know anybody and had to reestablish life again. And that was a definitely hard experience for me. It ended up ultimately being a good thing for me, but that's that was hard. me and that's a thing. But I think a lot of people go through that. And I think it's like for me, like I had some of the same. I don't really have a ton of like really old friends. Right. They just didn't work out in my, like, whatever life setting is. And I'm just like, man, I wish I would have. I did those challenges later on in life. I wish mm. I would have done them earlier. Yep. Not that there's no value to, like, your friend group or, like, right. having a good time and, like, yeah, you know, yeah. doing the college thing. I think, yeah, there's, totally. right, there's, like, a ton of fun to be had. Right. But at some point, you're probably going to have to cut those ties anyway. Right. And go hard in the and pain. And go hard. Like, if you're, like, really driven and want to yeah. do that. So, it's, like, for me, I'm, like, fuck, I should have done that, like, three years earlier. Totally. Because you knew what you were going to do. So, if you know, yeah, got to well, chase that dragon. I'm, like, dude, chase the dragon. That's a good question. Yeah. Enjoy the dragon, dude. I hate school. Jackie, not Jackie Chan. Bruce Lee is the dragon. Enter the dragon. Yeah, dude. Bruce Lee.
All right, y'all, a little pre or post game, depending on when this gets spliced in. I made a short survey to help me gather some data for the lecture that I'm doing at this year's Global Specialty Coffee Expo. The lecture is converting consumers to specialty, roasting for approachability and mass appeal while retaining varietal characteristics. So I have an existing framework, but I want to know more about what's intriguing you. So if you own or work at a coffee roasting company of any kind, it could be first, second, third wave, whatever, anything goes. It's only six questions and it'll really help me tailor the lecture so that the people that that a 10 can get the most bang for your buck. So if you want to take a minute to fill it out, that'd be awesome. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I'll also put a link up on the Cat and Cloud blog and probably on all my social stuff. So there you go. Roasting survey. All right. On with the show. Hey, Chris and Jared. That's I want to say I love your podcast. You guys are doing super cool stuff. Your ideas about customer service are on point. And I love listening and learning coffee from you guys. I work for a specialty coffee shop slash roastery over here in Maryland, and I love providing great customer service, great coffee, the two things you guys provide. Fantastic advice on doing. I have two questions for you. One, oftentimes customers will order a latte, then make it the next size, add vanilla, and add a shot of almond milk. (laughs) Add a shot, add almond milk, all of which costs extra at the cafe I work at. Once they have finished their order, they are informed of the total price of the drink. They are occasionally snappy and sarcastic with me about it, i.e., wow, you guys are going to clean out my wallet, or they are legitimately angry with me that their drink costs the amount that it does. This occasionally happens with higher priced bags of coffee as well. All of the pricing information is displayed on the menu board, so it's not hidden or a surprise, and I'm often unsure how to respond to these comments besides a nervous laugh. How might you guys suggest handling this situation? That's part one. Two, sometimes I have customers that seem to be upset, defensive, or angry when I answer their questions. I have customers ask me about the difference between the different processes, wash, natural, honey, etc. Ask about flavor profiles by region and process. Ask me about drinks. Ask me about brew methods. And I try my absolute best to provide a comprehensive, knowledgeable, and polite answer and absolutely not try to sound snobby or pretentious as I know how off-putting or unpleasant that is. Generally, this goes over well. But I still have customers interrupt me in the middle of my answer to tell me they don't care about what I'm telling them. What do you think causes this? And what do you think is the best way to handle a situation like this in terms of answering questions as far as taking notes, region, process, and brew method are concerned? Thank you so much. Uh, two questions to it. Let's start with the first one. First question. The first question. How you deal with the tough customer who's frustrated by the cost of your product? Yeah. Just be nice. And you know what? I mean... You can apologize that they feel that way, but at the end of the day, like the cost is the cost. They don't have to come to your shop, so your job is just to be as nice as possible and and then make sure that the drink tastes great and you know, you can you can reference that you're you're doing your best to provide a premium product and that your your company's really excited to provide it and the where they you know, like they feel like they can justify the cost. But I mean, it's you're kind of in a sticky situation because the person who's suggesting it's too expensive basically just feels like it's too expensive. You're not going to win them over, right? So, yeah, it's the, a really rough place to be. Yeah, you just have to be really nice and take it. It's kind of rough, but it's the truth. I'm always like, why would you even say something like that, Mister Customer Man? Yeah, I usually agree with them. <laughs> yeah, be like, yeah, dude, oh, it this is, is expensive. expensive. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like, tell me not, about it, bro. Not in like a jerky kind of way, but just like an enthusiastic way. Like, yeah, dude, like this is the bomb. Yeah, you're getting the stuff. <laughs> this is this is the goods right here. Get ready. I mean, I get. I would not try to like. I don't know. 
It's a tricky it's question. Not, you can't tell them they're wrong because you are charging more than coffee down the street at the at the. I mean, a lot of times you're charging more than some places like Starbucks, and a lot of the times you're charging more than the gas station and the diner. And so, I mean, it's not a lie. It's expensive. Good coffee is expensive. We charge a lot of money for it. I guess I would just suggest don't engage to get in some kind of argument yep. about it. Like we've had, there's some people that pop by and they're like, coffee. We're like, okay, 250 or 275, whatever. And they're like, 275. Gosh, you guys are going to kill me. I'm going to go down the street. And, you know, but they still take out their money and they still pay for the coffee. And we still give them coffee when they get that coffee. I'm like, thanks for coming in. Yep. Hope you enjoy it. And yeah. then that's it. And then they might grumble something else. They're fishing for you to come back and have right. an argument because they want to have an argument. But yeah. Just don't have an argument. Not today. Just stay like above the clouds. Yeah. That's a cloud cover thing. That's, it's, it's like a cloud cover. fact. Yeah. It's, it's cat different. fact cover cloud. And then the second part. Okay. Second part. I mean, simplicity is kind of the secret. Like if people want to know more, they'll ask you follow up questions. So a lot of the times all of us baristas and people who are really passionate about our craft and our knowledge, we care about stuff. So we want to share. And some of our personalities have, uh, including mine, I like to I like to share a lot of details when I'm talking about things and backstory. And sometimes it's a lot more than people care to hear. And they just want to hear like the broken down, like simple version. I think the best thing you can do is offer the most simple, straightforward answer in the nicest way. And then say, if you want to know more, I can tell you more and encourage them to keep asking questions. Otherwise, a lot of the times, all they want to do is it's like, where's the fruity one? Where's the one I drink with milk? Where's the one that's just really good? And I mean, generally, that's honestly a lot of the time all they're really seeking. It's it's a lot of the times less than what we think they're asking because we have all the knowledge and they don't. Right. So you like he, what you hear is like a translation into like all these details. And what they're actually asking is like, which bag do I buy? Right. I like this. I think one of the biggest tools you can have in customer service and in training or education, if that's your job, is being able to assess where people are at and deliver the information that's relevant to them. We deal with a lot of things that are super complex, and I used to do this in my espresso training programs because the way I was like blown away by espresso and there's so many finicky little details and all these little things that can go wrong – but to include those in an initial training with someone who's just beginning doesn't help them at all. It doesn't empower them. It just confuses them. They feel lost. They feel like they're never going to be where they need to be. Right. And they feel defeated. And it sounds like that kind of similar thing could be happening with a customer. Someone right. asks like a really simple like wash versus natural question. And then you just like all the info. And they're like, I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. Like exactly what Jared said. Not it's interested. So, it's just too much information for them to process. And they feel like it's just like so far gone that they'll never understand it and then they're like okay uh, yeah sorry yeah. done stop enough please yep i'm just trying to get a coffee and go i'm just yeah <laughs> some cues you can take though is like listen to the way they talk about coffee right i mean this is a big one for me if somebody comes in and they ask for like what's on your single origin espresso today you know most of the time this person's been to a specialty coffee shop and is seeking to talk to you about coffee. And if nothing else, really what they're trying to do is let you know that they know about specialty coffee. And that's a good thing. That's like There's like secret language that people use to let you know that they know something about specialty coffee. They like wear a coffee guy shirt. Or, I mean, these are so classic things. You know, it's like... You well, there can, was, yeah. There's on. a bunch of levels too. Like there was the dude who come in... 
came in. Um, he's friends with Jake, who works at Plantronic. So he comes in and he's like, "Hey, do you guys have any single origin coffees?" Right. So right now I'm all okay. Like this guy knows enough to ask about single origin coffees, but the way he's talking, I can tell he doesn't really grasp the concept of like what this all means. So it's just like one more question. I'm like, oh yeah, we got a bunch of single origins. Like, how how do you know single origins? And then he's like, oh, I went to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So right there, he's like been to a coffee growing region, country, yep. but he's like doesn't have any other experience with coffee other than that. But he knows that like coffees from one place are called single origins, right? And you just like assess their level of expertise right then. Uh-huh. So the conversation that I'd have with that guy is totally different than the conversation I'd have with your guy right. who wants a single origin espresso. And then like a whole deeper level. And then didn't that guy also go on to be like, do you have Arabica coffees? And right. Like, yeah. Oh, scratch all of that. Totally. He's a noob. He actually. dropped the Arabica bomb. So now I know like, okay, this is his like introduction in the specialty yeah. coffee. And he doesn't know too much about us either, yep. which is fine. It's just a whole different, spiel different approach yeah different yeah. approach and that's that's how you as a as a service professional aspiring or already there in your mind can like take those cues and decide how much to share with these people and that's on you not on them so i know that you're probably trying to do a good job you know you're trying to do a good job but the person listening to you doesn't care what you're trying to do you have to just be able to deliver and that's a hard part so yeah, the best advice. Take some cues, listen to them, and then adjust your responses accordingly. And maybe ask a few questions that are like really straightforward and that kind of give you better cues as to like, what about this? Like, oh, where else? If anybody's asking you about coffee, like, oh, have you tried like coffees like this somewhere else? And then they can name a few companies. And if they name any that you've heard of that you know are specialty, you're able to like more freely speak about specialty coffee. If they name companies like, I don't know. Where, depends on where's he at maryland maryland is it like dunkin donuts which is like still ahead of the game is it mcdonald's is it like somebody's mom and pop shop where they roast coffee do they use the term full city because that's like a little bit old school but it's still like people still use it all the time who are aspiring coffee nerds home roasters use city and full city all the time because that's still on the forums there's like depth to this so maybe maybe do some studying up a little bit and see what's See what's good. See Adapt what's good. those answers. That's a really good question. And that's like it's a, a hard really, one. Yeah, it's really challenging. And it's something that, I don't know, that should almost be part of everyone's training program. We have a lot of it's like, just, we have a lot of that written down that we've partially trained and more to come with a like kind of advanced customer service. And it's just like, what do they really want? It's like customer assessment. Yeah, and there's there's so many levels to it. There's levels to it in terms of like mom comes in, two kids ordering stuff. You know that like unless they're trying to engage you more, like you're trying to get them through the line quick and get them what they want and help them get there fast because they're like overloaded and they got a lot of stuff going on. They don't or want to talk to you. For they don't minutes. need to talk to you. And anyways, we have stuff like that. And it's, it is a really we're in process of making these things all over again. But what are they really saying when they order whatever drink? What do you really want, bro? What do you really want, dude? What do you? What's your goal? What's your adapting? What's your identity? What's your adaptogen? Oh, it's how a reishi you, mushroom. How do you identify yourself in this world? What's your ID, dude? How did you get here? Where did you come from? How do you cultivate? How do you cultivate personality? <laughs> <laughs>
Where do you come from? Where do you go? Where do you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Where do you come from? Where do you go? Where do you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. This has been the Cats in Cloud Coffee Podcast. We're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. It's super fun for us to do these and increasingly weird when we do them in the roastery because everyone's looking at us with microphones and we love it. We do. So, hey, guys out there. Goodbye there, guys out there. <laughs>